Well, all right then. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. God bless y'all this morning. Bring your greetings this morning. Uh, this morning from the Hayes household. Amen. Pastor Sheridan and I, you know, we thank God for each and every one of you this morning. We just bless you this morning and exalt you this morning in the name of our awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We just exalt each and every one of you this morning. We thank God for you this morning, getting on this morning with us this morning. Amen. Amen. What a blessing to hear all the voices of the saints coming together this morning. Forsaken not this seminar of ourselves together as a man of some years, as we see the day approaching, just coming together, exalting one another. As Paul writes to the Hebrew church in the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrew, chapter 25. Amen. Don't need a building to assemble. You just need an intention. You know, we intentionally wanted to, this morning made a choice that I'm going to gather with the saints. And so we appreciate that. We thank God for that. And heaven right now is just excited and rejoicing and on full alert and notice this morning because there is a rumble going on down here in the earth. And it sounds like a, a, a just a nice sound uh, in the ears of our God this morning. And I tell you, man, and so we give God uh, praise and glory and honor. He said, make a joyful noise into the Lord. And so when you get a few people together and sound like you got millions together, that's that's that joyful noise that God looks for. So we shout unto the Lord this morning and we just give him praise and thanksgiving for all of you this morning. Amen. Hopefully your weekend has been going wonderful so far. You're safe. You're didn't have any encounters of uh, nothing but good uh, all day yesterday. And you're back this morning for more. Amen. And so God is a keeper. So he's been keeping us. Amen. And so we give him praise. We welcome again all of you this morning to the creating a prayer culture for God this morning. Amen. Amen. All of our prayer warriors, intercessors, gatekeepers, watchmen and women all over the world. We just thank God for all of the different uh, platforms that are out there right now that are that are screaming this and listening to this and going to have access to this. And we pray that it be a blessing what is to follow the word of God that's coming forth, revelations of Jesus Christ. We just pray it would be a, just a blessing to you. Someone will be built up and encouraged and, and matured in ministry, understanding the, the, the unveiling uh, of Jesus Christ, which is who is the living word of God. Amen. I want to keep underlining and emphasizing and scoring that, that Jesus Christ is the living word of God. And we're going to paint a portrait of him and we're going to use the scriptures to help us understand him, uh, which is what the word is, is all about. It's about Jesus Christ, incarnated word of God made flesh. Amen. And the Bible says in the beginning was the word, meaning in the beginning was Jesus Christ and said the word was with God, meaning Jesus Christ was with God and saying the word was God. And so it means Jesus Christ was God in the beginning. He's Jesus. He's, he's God. Now he's God, going to be God on that throne when we stand before him. And so it's such a blessing to be able to learn a little bit more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And what the word has to say about him and what all the eyewitnesses got to say about him is so important that we can add what they're saying, what the word is saying to our little bit of insight that we have have and what we know and think we know and so we're just going to add some more i tell you uh you've heard me say this before sometimes 20 percent of my study in the word of god is to find out you know just to learn some more about what the word has to say about him but 80 percent of it is to learn what i don't know and so i'm back this morning to try to get some more of what i don't know and to share with you what i do know amen praise god so let's just get ready to get into this morning again this is sunday morning it is now 10, uh, 6, 10 amen, a.m., Sunday morning, September the 27th, 2020, amen. And again, uh, the subject matter that we're dealing with right now, and we will deal with until we complete the 27, 21 chapters of the book of John, 
Amen. We're in chapter 1 right now. We're going to pick up our study in verse 35 and try to get down to verse 51 at the Holy Ghost uh, will this morning. Amen. But uh, that's what we're talking about this morning. That's our subject. So if anybody asks you what we're talking about, we're talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that word revelation, don't be, don't be afraid of it. Some people are afraid of, the, of revelation. It means to unfold, or unveil, or open up, you know, and, 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 and look inside. Amen. That's all it is. And uh, we're going to use the word of God. I always tell people that the word interprets the word. And so we're going to use the word of God to teach us about what the word of God is saying. Amen. And so just bear with us there. Let's go ahead and pray and check in this morning and get into the word. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And Father, we just thank you this morning and we just praise you this morning. Now, Holy Ghost of God, we ask you to just take control of the lesson this morning. We pray for a word of wisdom. We pray for a revelatory understanding of the word this morning. We pray for an unveiling and an opening up of the word that we might take a look on the inside and see what revelations, what fresh uh, wisdom and knowledge we can pull out this morning from the scriptures that would teach us about the living word of God, which is Jesus Christ. So we just thank and praise you this morning for the awesome privilege and opportunity to be able to bring it, Lord God, to, the, to your people and present it to them. And we pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that they will have ears to hear and just uh, minds and, and to receive, oh, Lord God, and just hearts, Lord God, to just bear with, oh, Lord God, and, and just put this word away in their hearts, Lord God, for that day that's coming, oh, Lord God, when we have to be able to defend our faith and our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we might know him more intimately and be fully acquainted because you said that these revelations were given that men and women everywhere might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that through his name we shall enter into eternal life. So we don't take it for granted or lightly. We thank you for it right now. It is uh, your authentic word, meaning that no one else can stake claim to this word because it originated with you. You are the author of it. You're the finisher of it. You are the originator of it. And it's infallible, meaning there's no errors in it. It's inerrant. No error. It's error-free, Lord God. And so we just thank you and we just praise you right now, Lord God, for the word of God this morning in Jesus' name. Now, bless it and use it. Give ears to hear it and hearts to receive it, eyes to behold and see wondrous things that we open it up this morning and share it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord again this morning. I am Pastor Lester Hayes this morning. My wife and I, Pastor Sharon, we pastor more uh, New Freedom Christian Ministry. And uh, we also have one this morning with us, our very own pastors, Eric and Phoebe Davis from More Than Conquerors Warriors Christ Ministry. And also our ministers, hopefully this morning, our own minister, Smith Minister Biggles, awesome celebration of her 60th birthday yesterday over in Bainbridge. And we thank God that the Pastor Eric, Pastor Fee was able to travel down and, and do a turnaround with us there, and we able to take some pictures together. We don't get to do that that often, but just a beautiful night out, even though it was short-lived, amen, and, and, and we thank God that they made it back home safe, and they're on the line this morning, faithful servants of the Lord this morning. And so we give God praise. They will be speaking to us later on this morning. We look forward to that. Amen. But we're just so excited to be able to bring this uh, teaching to you. This is a series that we started. Uh, we will be with it for a while. We're going to go line upon line and precept upon precept, verse upon verse, chapter from book. We're not going to overlook anything. We're going to overturn every stone and see what's, what treasures is behind 
uh, every stone. Amen. And so we give God praise for his wisdom, for his spirit that will help us to get through this. And we pray over your understanding that you will be enlightened and that you would have a clear understanding that you can paint your own profile picture of what Jesus looks like because the word would reveal all of that to us and we'll all be blessed and made better by it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right then, so I'm going to speak this morning from a subject again, like I said, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, because we know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, meaning he's the Lord. And we see John the Revelator. Also, we talked a lot about John the Baptist here, uh, who were all eyewitnesses. We learned from several other eyewitnesses. Uh, we, 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 we took the word and we let the word speak to us about all of the eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ who eyewitnessed him as he was on this earth. And uh, I want to preface where we're going this morning with just some scriptures that talks about uh, the, the word uh, is the greatest witness of Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it all talks about him, points to him. And we had some actual physical witnesses that we've heard from so far. Uh, what they experienced and what they saw. Uh, eyewitness accounts of Jesus Christ as he was on this earth. They witnessed the miracles he did. They witnessed uh, his ministry, what he taught. You know, they ministered uh, to him. He ministered to them. There was an exchange. Conversations took place. There was intimate, uh, you know, involvement. Uh, John the Revelator uh, said he was John that rested on the bosom of Jesus. He was a part of the inner circle. So, uh, you know, his writing deals specifically with things that are related to the spirit, uh, you know, because you have to really be in the spirit to be able to understand the revelations of Jesus Christ, because no carnal mind can discern the things of the spirit. Amen. And so, you know, the other gospels dealt with the acts of Jesus, but this right here kind of deals with the miracles and the signs and the things he did, you know, in the spirit. Amen. And we're going to take a look at them. But I just want to give you some scriptures this morning up front to kind of preface uh, what the word witnesses about him, because, you know, when you think about him uh, being a divine being, you know, supernatural, but at the same time, he was fully man and he came to this earth, man, as the son of David, the son of man and the son of God all in one. And uh, he, he was the word, you know, all the way from the beginning, even before the foundation of the world. He has no beginning and no end. It says in the beginning was the word. That's as far back as we can trace, you know, uh, from the scriptures. And Jesus was there then. He was the word and he was God. And so we want to look at what the word says about his divinity before we go open up and go through these these verses of scripture. And uh, the first uh, verse I want to I want to go over this morning as it talks about the testimony uh, uh, of Jesus Christ, the word testifying about Jesus Christ. And this is so important, you know, that some that we look to God's word to be able to teach us about Jesus Christ. And the other day when we were teaching, we did talk about the word over in the book of John, the first chapter, verse one, uh, the book of John, chapter one, verse 14, and then first John, chapter one, verse one, first uh, John, chapter five, verse uh, seven. And then we talked about in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 13. But tonight, today, uh, I want to um, just take a look at the word of God in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 69. 
And it says uh, this, and I want you to see this as a testimony. Now, this is the word of God in God's own word testifying about his son, Jesus, the, the authenticity of Jesus, the infallibility of Jesus. You know, that that, that, that no error about Jesus. You know, the, the, the word does not have any errors in it about Jesus. That's why it's the inerrant word of God, infallible, authentic word of God. You mean that it's based on truth, you know, and not my truth, but his truth moral and ethical truth. And so let's see what the word says here in the book of Luke chapter 22, verse 69 and verse 70. And it says, hereafter shall the son of man, and that's a capital S talking about God's son. You know, this is God's own word testifying by his son. Sit on the right hand of the power of God. Now that's another revelation about Jesus Christ from here on. You know, the minute it was stated about who he is, from that day on, he sits on the throne, okay, with the Father, with of, of power. That's where he came from. That's where he went back to when he finished his earthly mission. And from that day when he returned back there, he's going to be there forever until we stand before him. So you see God's word here is testifying about his son, Jesus. He goes on in verse 70. He says, then said they all, art thou then the son of God? Question being asked there. And he said unto them, Ye say that I am. Now, remember, this is Jesus when they was asking him when he stood before the Sanhedrin council and he said, ye say that I am. So they all had knowledge of him, but they really did not know that he was the living word of God. He didn't know that Jesus was the living word of God. They just knew him as the son of God, but they didn't realize the, the historical connection here all the way back from the beginning. He was the word and he was with God and he was God. They're beginning now to form questions because here he is, the Messiah they were looking for. He's standing right here. But the word bear witness of who he is. And then he says, well, who do you say that I am? You know, you're, you're saying this. Obviously, you must know something. Obviously, the word of God then reveals something to you. And that's where you always got to look for answers to be revealed. Remember, that's what revelation is. Don't look outside. Don't go to some bookstore, uh, you know, trying to find out. Just go to your Bible. You know, and ask the Holy Spirit to help unveil to you and reveal to you. You know, that's what John said that he wrote this book for. You know, in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 31, you know, he said that these things, you know, I'm, I'm revealing these things to you that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he goes on in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 30. Keep in mind now, we're looking at the God's word as a testimony to who Jesus is before we actually go in and look at what John wrote. And it says here, it says, I and my father are one. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples because, remember, there was a lot of questions. You know, he's constantly reminding them, who do men say that I am? But who do you say that I am? And so he's kind of like feeding them here because Jesus is always in that teaching mode. He's always in that instruction mode because he's constantly trying to reveal what they did not know. You know, they, they have some knowledge, but they didn't have the knowledge of the truth. And he is right there with them, full of grace, full of truth. And he's teaching them and he's showing them through his own very personal life. And he says, I am my father one. Like, in other words, if you see me, you've seen the father. So we see again here, the word of God is testifying about who Jesus is, even though Jesus is actually the word speaking to them, teaching them. He goes on in the book of John, chapter 10, verses 37 and 38. He says this. If I do not the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, through, uh, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. Now look at how this, this thing is revealing itself here, how Jesus is telling them. Check out the works I do. No man, common man can do these works. 
only through my father. And so the works I'm doing ought to bear witness. The little bit that you know about me, the, what the prophets have foretold to you, you know, what you know about your, your history, what you know about the Messiah, all that was prophesied. I'm here now doing only what God can do. So if you don't want to believe me for what uh, the scriptures are saying to you, believe me for what you're physically witnessing right now, the works that I'm doing. And he goes on here in, uh, in, uh, in uh, the book of John, chapter 12, uh, verse uh, 45, he says this, And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. Man, look at that revelation. You know, look, look, look at that. He said, he said, if you see me, then you seeth him that sent me. Now, you got to understand what expression came over these disciples' face when he made that statement. He's right there telling them that. He said, you see me. You see what I'm doing. You know, now believe the one that sent me, you know, I didn't come of my own, you know, I'm God, but God also sent me, you know, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's so obvious right there, man. The scripture is the test is testifying to him. It's revealing him. And so he's saying in verse uh, in, in, in the book of John, chapter 14, verse seven, he says this. He says, uh, <clears throat> if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, ye know him and have seen him through me. That revelation. I come to reveal my father to you. You know, I am my father one. And he goes on in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 4 through 10. And he says this. He says, Philip saith unto him. Remember, Philip now is one of those close followers, one of those uh, doubters. He says, show us the father and it suffices us. Jesus saith unto him. Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, questioning him, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Verse 10, believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Notice what he said, now not with me, but in me. <laughs> kind of revealing right there, y'all. Not with me, but in me. And says, the word that I speak unto you, the word <coughs> that I speak unto you, how can you speak it if you're not it? Jesus is saying here, I speak not of myself, but the father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. These works you're seeing right now is because of the father that dwells in me. The word dwells in me. You know, the father is in me and I'm in him. And so there is no division here. There is no there's no difference here. You know, you see me, you see him, you see him, you see me. Uh, you see the word, you see, you see me in the word, too, because I am the word. I'm the living word. Uh, the book of John, chapter 16, verse 15, uh, look at what's revealed here. It says, all things that the Father hath are mine, therefore saith I, and this is Jesus talking here, that he shall take of mine, Jesus again talking, and shall show it unto you. He's going to take everything that the word says about me, every eyewitness says about me, and he's going to reveal it to you. That's what John is doing here. And so Jesus is speaking here and he's telling, he's going, he's going to show it unto you. He ain't trying to hide it from you. He's trying to unveil it and reveal it to you so that it all points back to me. Uh, in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, for the, for the, for the last verse in this particular uh, uh, segment here, it says, Who? Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to, to be equal with God. And so Jesus here is not trying to, you know, impress nobody. He's just trying to reveal himself to them and letting the word of God testify 
about who he is. And that's so important that if, if we as clergy, we as believers, that we let the word testify about the Jesus that we say saved us, the Jesus that we say healed us, the Jesus that we say delivered us, the Jesus that we say that filled us and sealed us and gave us the victory as we read over in the book of uh, 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 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, said, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that's, that's, that's what Jesus is trying to say here, and that's what uh, God's word is testifying about him. And now we're going to go back over here into the book uh, of, uh, of uh, John chapter 1 and pick up our study at verse number 35 and try to see how far we can go. But I want to say this right here to you all because I think a lot of times people treat the Bible like it's God. The Bible is not God, okay? You know, and those who believe in its infallibility do not worship the Bible. We don't worship the Bible. The Bible didn't become the Bible until around about the first century B.C. You know, before that, you had the Torah. Before that, you had uh, books of Moses, uh, the Septuagint. You know, you didn't you didn't have a Bible. The Bible came later. When they began to, you had the first books was Old Testament, the law. Then it began to grow into, you know, into the Old and New Testament combined. And finally, you had someone to call it the Bible. It originally came out of the Hebrew text, and it was the Hebrew Bible. Then it grew from being the Hebrew Bible, and it became, you know, the King James Bible. So it had revolutions of becoming the Bible. But don't treat the Bible like it's God, okay? It is a system of all the scriptures that have been consolidated, Old Testament, New Testament, the Torah, uh, the, 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 the historical books, the prophetic books. Uh, thank God for those scholars who were so geniusly put all this together and gave us the Holy Bible. Amen. And thank God for Martin Luther, who in the 1600s century gave us the King James Bible translated in English language. And so don't treat the Bible like it's God. What it is, is the Bible is, uh, you know, is God's most objective and detailed way of communicating with us, God's people, you know. And so it's, it's infallible. We use that word a lot, means that we can trust the Bible to truly communicate to us what God wants us to believe and how God wants us to live. That's the infallibility of it. There's the, you know, it's infallible. You know, you can count on it. You can trust it. It's based on truth. That's what it means to be infallible when you hear us say that. That's God's way of communicating his infallibility to us is through the Bible. It's not God, but it's his communication system. To ignore or disobey the teachings of the scripture is to contradict the Bible's infallibility. God's word is infallibility, meaning it's accurate, it's true, there's no error in there, you know. And so we have to understand that when you start talking about Bible or biblical infallibility, it is a belief that what the Bible says regarding matters of faith and our Christian walk or how we live our Christian life is wholly useful and is true. You know, it's true. You know, you ain't going to find no errors in it. It is the belief that the Bible is completely trustworthy. Notice what I said, completely trustworthy as a guide to salvation and the life of faith. And it will not fail to accomplish its purpose. Okay. Got to understand that that's what biblical infallibility is all about. And when you start talking about um, inerrancy, that means it is without error. The Bible is inerrant if and only it makes no false or misleading statements 
on any topic whatsoever. That's why I just stick with the King James, sometimes the Amplifier, you know, very, very limited with the Amplifier, you know. But when I do go to another uh, Bible, that's where I, I, I go sometimes, you know. And because in my research, a lot of times there's references to the, to the Amplified Bible, you know. And all the Amplified Bible does is just, it goes in and do a little bit of the pre-work for you to, to go and do the research, you know, of what the old uh, original language was about, whether it was in Hebrew, Aramaic, Chaldean, or, or the Greek language. That's all the Amplified Bible does. And sometimes they don't always get it right. I use a Strong's Concordance because the Strong's Concordance is a, a masterful piece of work. It's got all the different languages in there, the Latin, the Greek, the Hebrew, the Chaldean, the, you know, it's all right there. The Aramaic, it's all right there. And I go back to those original uh, documented, uh, you know, uh, revelations when I need to really do an in-depth study on some particular subject matter. But that's the inerrancy of the word. It's, it's, it's infallible and it's inerrant. You hear us use that language a lot, meaning that it, it only is uh, if it makes no false or misleading statements on any topic whatsoever. That's why you got to be careful some of these watered-down versions you use because there can be misleading statements in there. Uh, you know, the Bible is infallible if and only if it makes no false or misleading statements on a matter of faith and the way we practice our faith or the way we live our faith, okay? Uh, so there's, there's, there's no error in there, and so how, you have to remember that, okay? The Holy Scriptures containeth all things necessary to salvation. You heard me say this the other morning, not uh, so that whosoever uh, is, if, if you read it and it's not in there, or if it's not proved by what you read, then I wouldn't trust it, okay? I wouldn't trust it because it's all about salvation. And you heard me make that statement the other morning. So let's get in here now, man, and check out this revelation about Jesus Christ. Now that we've kind of prepped the groundwork here, laid some, laid some preference here where we're going. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. This is, this is what we're going to witness today through the word of John, his teaching. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, meaning he's the Christ. Uh, we're going to look at the witness of Andrew. And Andrew, like Philip, you know, was another one of these individuals, you know, that was close to Jesus, not quite as close as John and James and, you know, and what was with him. But we're going to take a look at Peter. And so let's take a look here at verse 35. It says again, the next day after Jesus stood and two of his disciples, Andrew, you know, two of his disciples, Andrew, uh, let's see here. Uh, you know, it was two of his disciples that came to him. Uh, Andrew was one of them. And we want to take a look here now at Andrew's experience when he came to him. He was one of those disciples. Uh, so he stood in the midst of John's preaching. So you got to understand here. John is preaching. OK, and here come Andrew and Andrew is going to have an experience here. Uh, that he had not had before. But as John is preaching, Andrew experiences as he stood in the midst of John's preaching. Let's see in verse 36, what did he experience? What revelation did he experience here? What picture did he get painted as John is preaching about Jesus Christ? I believe sometimes if you preach about who Jesus said he is, not who we think he is, and people hear that, then remember, that is where the power is at. It's in the gospel that we preach. And that gospel is not about us. It's about him, you know. And I believe if we get back to preaching and teaching sound doctrine, we say sound doctrine, but infallible, authentic, and errant word of God, you know, add nothing to it, take nothing from it. 
I believe that the power of God will be released through that gospel. That's what Paul wrote in the book of Romans chapter one, verse 16. He said, I'm no longer ashamed of what I'm preaching and teaching because I now know that's where the power is at. And he said that, you know, I preach this message instant in season and out of season. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, this is this right here, man, is what they got to hear because this is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall believe it. But how can they believe except they hear it? And how can they hear it except the preachers preach it and teach it? And Paul said, oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who, pro who proclaim the good news of the gospel, you know. And he goes on here to say in verse 36, he says that John says here, and looking upon Jesus as he walked. Now, remember what was just taking place. John is preaching and, and Andrew shows up with another disciple. There are probably others there. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. Understand what's taking place. John is out here baptizing. John is out here preaching. And you got disciples being baptized unto repentance. A lot of them, three or four thousand of them got baptized as he's preaching. So there's a huge crowd of people here. And John is out here at this water spot baptizing them. But he's preaching to them repentance, you know, and they're getting baptized unto repentance. And as they're as they're walking out there and, and back and forth and he's preaching and he's talking, I can just picture this in my mind and taking these disciples down and baptizing them and Andrew and, a, and another disciple, they probably come up and they, they're trying to figure out what's going on, but they're listening to the preaching. They're hearing the preaching. It's getting their attention because he's talking about Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks up as they're doing this. Jesus walks up. You know, and he said, John says, behold, the Lamb of God. He's been out there teaching about him and preaching about him and baptizing and repentance about him. And he walks up and John said, behold, the Lamb of God. He heard John proclaim that Jesus was the Lamb of God. This is what Andrew heard. Andrew and the other disciple heard this. It got their attention. That's the power of the gospel. It hit them, hit them eardrums. Bam. They could not deny that. Bam. And then Jesus walks up and now they get a picture of him. There's a revelation right there. Eyewitness. Eyewitness. They actually see the Lamb of God that John been out there for days, voice crying in the wilderness, teaching and preaching about. And now they get a, a, a actual a snapshot of him. They get to physically interact with him. He's right there before them. And he goes on in verse 37 and he says, and the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. He followed Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Never met him before, but then heard so much about him. You don't hear the prophetic accounts about him. You don't hear all the, the previous teachings about him. And now he shows up and John is preaching about him and he speaks. And look at what happened. They begin to follow him. Man, that's so powerful when I read that, because listen now, Jesus is the living word of God. We just got through going through many, many scriptures, God's word that testify about him. And now here is a scenario here in a situation here, man, where they're hearing Jesus speak. Now, that wasn't just Jesus speaking. That was the living word of God speaking. Who would not follow the living word of God? You know, only those that are blind. OK, but they done heard the preaching from John, the voice crying in the wilderness. Now, Jesus walks up. They see him. John tells them who he is. I hope you all follow me now. You got to tell people who Jesus is. And once they hear Jesus, when you tell them that's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, that is the living word of God. That's the incarnated word of God, full of grace and truth. And the Bible said he's the life of every man and he's the light of every man. Bam. They heard him. They lit up like Christmas trees. And look at what pursued after they heard him. 
Look at what this unveiling, this revealing, this revelation did for them. It didn't say that they argued or debated. It did not say that. It says, and the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. He, you know, they followed Jesus Christ. I said, man, boy, they probably said, okay, John, we heard you, man, but we out of here now. We got to follow this new fellow. We ain't never heard nobody speak like this. This is the living word of God, you know, revealing himself. He's speaking now, man. Can you imagine? And they just stopped everything and followed him. Hey, man. So preach and teach Jesus. And I believe people will follow him or follow us as we followed him. Verse 38, he goes on to say, then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, master, where dwelleth thou? They want to know where he came from, where you live, man. Do you have a big old 15-bedroom, eight-bathroom mansion over there somewhere? Do you have a runway with a little jet out there on it? Where do you live, man? Who, who are you? Where did you come from? And Jesus says, you know, Andrew, this was a critical hour for Andrew because Jesus turned and the symbol here is, a, is Jesus taking the initiative and he asks basic questions of life. What do you want and what do you seek? Just basic. See, Jesus ain't trying to get deep with him. Jesus ain't trying to put him on the spot acting like he more than Jesus has humbled himself, man. He know his mission. He know what his focus is. He know it is to reveal the father's will, the father's plan to them. And so Jesus ain't moved by all of that. He ain't impressed by all that. Jesus just meets people where they're at. He keeps it real simple and real, real. He want people, man, to realize that I can relate to you. I can get down here on your level. Other people might struggle if they knew that I'm in the Messiah and I'm hanging out with publicans and sinners. Jesus said, see, you got to get a revelation of who I am. You know, he said, he said, you know, I have humbled myself under the hand of almighty God. I have come down from my place of, of glory with the father. You know, I've come down here full of grace and truth to be the light of men, the life of men. You know, I came down here to seek and to save you. I've been looking for you. I'm searching for you, but I want to know who you seeking. See, that's so in, so clear right there. That's so probing. That's why sometimes we just got to ask people, man, you know, hey, if you die tomorrow, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? These types of questions. Cut through the chase. Get real with people. You know, if you get the break to ask them the question, ask them the question. Don't don't tip tap tat around. Don't play mind game with people. Don't spend 15 minutes telling them about you. You know, all the houses you don't got, the cars you don't got and all that stuff. You know, you know. You know, it might be your last time seeing them. And Jesus turns to them, man, he want to know. He probing. He's exploring it. He want to know who, what are you seeking? What do you, what do you want? You know, why are you following me? You know, Jesus cuts right through the chase, man. See, that's what the word of God should do. It should come. It, it should hit people and convict them until it, it, it causes them to start, you know, it's, we say provoking people's thinking. And that's not to be arrogant. That's not to be dogmatic. You just want to know. You just want to have a real, real, you know, communication here with, with, with people, you know, just asking them simple questions, you know, are you saved? You know, especially if they're asking you for prayer for something, you know, they're asking you to, you, you, to do something, you know, you, you be who you are. Jesus is just being who he was. John was out there baptizing. But notice now, John ain't got no problem with them following Jesus. John wasn't trying to say, wait a minute, you still in my sheep. John wasn't thinking about that. John said, I'm a voice crying in the wood. I know my mission. I know who I am. We got to know who we are and what our job is. Jesus said, the work I do, you're going to do, you know, and greater work shall you do, you know. And here they are following Jesus. Jesus want to know why they're following him. It's all like when he asked Peter, Peter, who do men say that I am? 
He wanted to know. He wasn't trying to, you know, make himself be, be better than anybody. He really wanted to know. And if they wasn't saved, he was going to save them, you know. But he had to ask that question, you know. Took, he took the initiative. Verse 39, he says, he saith unto them, come and see. My God. Whew. They came and they saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. Jesus Christ extended an invitation to do what, y'all? To come. This is so key right here. If you want to invite people to do anything, you ought to invite them to come. Invite them to come to the prayer call. Invite them to come on the prayer line. Come on Wednesday night, Thursday when we meet together, Sunday, praise and worship, and then followed by morning worship. You know, that's what Jesus was always forward thinking. You know, get this revelation about him. You know, we can learn a lot from how Jesus did ministry. Just watching what he did as he went about. He went out there, man, trying to put John down. He didn't even say anything to them about John. You know, so many times people been all day time talking about this book you read, about this conference you went to, and you never really get to the meat of the matter. See, and Jesus wasn't, Jesus understood what John's role was. John, Jesus said, I have arrived. I'm here now. Now I got to be who I am. I got to reveal myself to you. So the first thing he do is extend an invitation for them to come, come and see, follow me. And I love this because it said they went and they abode. They didn't go there, man, and see all this luxurious house and, you know, and, and all this stuff that Jesus had. He, he didn't. He, he met them where they were at. He was so humble. He didn't mind allowing them to come. You got people right now, man. You can't even you can't even meet with them if you need counsel. They got so many bodyguards around them. They so shielded and so protected. They got bulletproof Cadillacs they ride around in. They got bulletproof elevators where they park, they drive the car in, and they go up to whatever floor. It's crazy right now, you know. But here Jesus, he wanted to have an intimate, personal relationship. Get this revelation now. He was not untouchable. He was touchable. He was relatable. Why? Because he was all about relationship. You got all these folks right now. I don't understand it because he said, look, the work I do, y'all going to do. But you can't even, you don't even want no contact with people. You don't even want to be around people. I know it's kind of not safe right now. But the matter is, understand the spirit behind what I'm saying. You got people don't really don't want to have nothing to do with people right now, but just ask them for money and you better give that money. But when it comes down to can I can I get a counseling appointment with you? Can I talk with you about something? I don't want to share my business with no third tier of leadership. I want to talk directly to you. I'm, I'm giving my tithes to this ministry. I'm supporting this ministry. Why can't I talk to the pastor, whether it be on a conference call, a telephone call or something? But they so shielded and so protected. And here what people saying, I got to protect my bishop and my apostle anointing. Jesus was one of the most anointed people in the Bible. And he said, yeah, come on over to the crib, man. And they abode with him. He said, come and see where I live. That makes a huge difference right there. Notice this revelation. Jesus wanted to let them know, I'm like nobody else, no other leader you ever going to meet. And I'm touchable. You know, I'm relatable. You know, get this revelation. You know, Jesus ain't got all these walls and shields and all these bodyguards and armor. That's not Jesus. He knows who he is. And that's what protected him. Knowing who you are is what should protect you. Knowing whose you are, knowing him, you know, that's your victory. You know, and Jesus understands this. And he said, yeah, come on over, man. Y'all can hang out with me for a little bit. I got some more stuff I want to reveal to you and tell you about me anyway. I want you to see how relatable I am, how approachable I am, you know, you know. So he met them where they were at, you know, and told them, yeah, come. And they went and hung out, man, for a little bit with them there. Verse number 39, he says, and he saith unto them, come and see. 
And they came and they saw and they dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. Jesus extended the invitation to them to come. Andrew's great decision. He had to make the decision to go. He went and he saw Christ and he remained there with Jesus. He learned a lot by going. You know, just think about it. He learned a lot by going. People will learn a lot if you invite them to come. They'll learn a lot. You know, they'll learn. Don't try to tell them everything. You know, just tell them, hey, here's the number. You all just come on and check us out. Man, we be studying the word. We learn a lot. You know, you know, if, if you don't feel confident to be able to tell them yourself, just invite them to come. It'll be a blessing to them. Verse 40, he says, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So you got to see now what's happening here. Not only did it have a pa an impact on Simon Peter, but now it's having an impact on his brother. I'm telling you, man, this is how this thing works, man. Jesus know what he was doing. Get one, you'll get the other one. Free one, you'll free the other one. Verse 41, he says, he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Andrew's first concern was this, his brother. Y'all check this out now. His first concern was to go share with his brother. Who, who, who do you want to go run off and share stuff with when you learn some new revelation about Jesus Christ? Don't, don't answer me. Just think about it. He went and found his brother. Andrew's conviction, Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He finally realized it, shouted it out now. It's obvious. He's seeing what Jesus is doing. He's hearing him speak. He's been to the crib. He ain't looking at all this luxurious furniture. He ain't looking at this house, man, with bulletproof windows. He don't see airplanes and jets and, 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 and more cars than you ever drive. He just sees Jesus, man, just, just the son of man, you know, living, you know, humble as he can. And he's relatable and he's touchable and he's approachable. And he's meeting them where they're at. And so he's convicted by that, you know, that, hey, this got to be the Messiah because it's, it's fitting everything that the prophets prophesied, everything that the God's word testified about him. I'm here seeing it firsthand. I'm dealing with it. I'm speaking with it. I'm sitting here fellowshipping with it, with him. Verse 42, he says, and he brought him to Jesus. Look at, look at here now. He brought him to Jesus. Now, remember now, this started with John. Why did he take him to John? He realized John had did his job. John had told him about the lamb. Now they with the lamb. And so he getting his brother, bringing him to Jesus. Remember the lady at the well when she went and told everybody to come and see a man, told me everything about myself. She got that revelation. She went and shared it. Here's, here's Andrew. He get this revelation. He have a firsthand encounter with it. He's got a clear picture now. I'm dealing with the Lamb of God. I'm dealing with the Son of God. I'm dealing with the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. Let me get my brother up in here, man. So, so he went and brought him to Jesus. He didn't bring him to his bishop. He didn't bring him to his apostle. He brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, in other words, when Jesus saw what the intent of his heart is, Jesus realized he got a revelation of who I am. He sees that I'm the living word of God. Something been revealed to him. And he said, thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Andrew's fruit was this. Simon was brought to Jesus Christ. Where is your fruit for what you know about Jesus? I don't need no answer. I just want you to think about it and keep it in that context. If Jesus Christ is, is the Messiah and he's revealing to you, to you right now who he is, why wouldn't you want to bring somebody to him? You ought to just target somebody in your family member you know ain't saved, a friend that you know ain't saved, just to test this out now. And make it just say, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to try to win my cousin, win my brother, win my daughter, win my son, win my friend. You know, you, you ought to just take the challenge. Look at, follow, follow, follow these examples right here. 
These are people, man, they, they didn't know nothing until they met Jesus. You and I don't know nothing until we meet Jesus. We perishing for a lack of knowledge like anybody else until we meet Jesus. Because why? He is the living word of God. And then once we learn something about him, you know, then let's share it with somebody. Let's be excited about sharing it. Let's extend the invitation. Let's go to people, man, who we are close to us, brothers, sisters, family, who we know ain't saved. You know, it's easy to go out here and witness to your boss and witness to everybody else. But what about those family members, you know, that ain't saved, you know, those, those close relatives? 43, he says, the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find it Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Look at Jesus, man. Philip's experience, here's what he experienced. He was sought by Jesus Christ himself. He was called by Jesus Christ himself. And the reason was Philip knew Andrew and Peter. Look at what Jesus, Jesus rounding up the whole little crew. And Jesus saying, y'all used to hang out, man, and shoot marbles and play basketball and do stuff and run the street, man. When Before I came, now that I'm here, I'm going to try to get the same group of guys who had this close relationship. I'm going to try. Can't, I ain't going to try to free one and not free the other one, you know, because y'all could be very useful. And so y'all had something that was so unique. Y'all used to hang out together then. And so now I want to try to get y'all together and let you hang out, reveal myself to you, and kind of let you hang out for a different reason than you used to hang out. I mean, he wanted to save the group. Jesus wanted to reveal himself to the whole group. He knew what he was doing. Jesus said, I'm going to get you, then I'm going to get your friend, then I'm going to get your friend, friend. I'm going to get all of y'all, you know, because y'all can be very useful because y'all got something going on for y'all. Y'all got a team mindset here. And teamwork make the dream work, right, y'all? <coughs> all y'all on this line, man, is a part of a team. You know, God's got all y'all and pull you together. He's revealing himself to you right now, showing you how he works. And this is the revelation I think sometimes they get lost. People want to have their favorites. They want to have their picks. They want to have their little sidebars and their little special friends and all that mess. And the Lord don't operate that way. He don't operate that way. You know, he, he's all about family and team. Verse 44, he goes on to say, Now Philip was in Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. He knew Andrew and Peter. So he knew them. Jesus is so wise, he knew they knew each other. He knew that if I can save one, that he could be very convincing and influencing the others. That's wisdom, y'all. See, that's, that's the revelation you got to get about God. He already knows your thoughts are far. He knows everything, every hair on your head. You know, if you go with what Jesus, Jesus knows, he knows everything, man. You know, verse 45, he says, uh, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, Philip's first concern was Nathan or Nathaniel. And Philip's conviction about it was Jesus Christ was the one that had been prophesied about. He was convicted by that. And he wanted everybody to come and see. He's right here, y'all. <coughs> Full of grace and truth. Before he came and they rejected him, he said, now nah, I'm not going to reject him. He's been prophesied about him. He's been revealed to us. He's been made known. This might be the last chance we get. We need to come right now, man, and hear what he's saying. Hear it directly from him, getting it from the horse's mouth for a lack of better terms, you know. But y'all know what it means, you know, symbolic there. You know, ain't, that ain't in the Bible. Don't go, don't go lie and say, Pastor said the scripture said it, you know, hear it from the horse's mouth. Nope, that's just a, a statement, you know, just to, just to reinforce something that I'm saying, that I'm teaching. That ain't in the Bible. You don't even need to repeat that. But you understand what I'm saying. They were so excited that they found him. Now think about this. It did not say the Bible, did it? It says what Moses' law had said, what the 
prophets had said and what they wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. This is before the, we ever got the Bible. Now, these are books, uh, you know, of the law. These are prophetic uh, prophecy that were given. All this later was put into the Bible. But originally now, it was just a straight word, pure word, coming from the prophets that were inspired by God, coming from the inspired word of the law that God gave Moses. And then it began, they began to write it down, and later on it, it builds and it builds and builds. And then in the, in, the, in the later centuries, you ended up with the Bible starting around the first century. I think the first uh, copies of the two testaments was around the 12th century, and then it just grew from there. 13th century, all the way up to the 16th century, where we got the, the, the Holy King James Bible by Martin Luther. And so you got to see where it started out at. It was the word, and it was prophesied. Uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of Israel, and let's see the witness of Nathaniel now. We're still looking at all these witnesses. That's what Nathaniel witnessed, okay? Let's take a quick look at this right here. We got just a couple more minutes. Verse 46, And Nathaniel said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? He's asking a question here to his friends because they're coming to him telling him about they found Jesus, the Messiah. He says, Philip saith unto him, come and see for yourself. He's like, come and see. You don't have to take my word for it. Come and see. Don't get yourself in no bind sometimes, man, trying to take on too much. Uh, I know a lot of times we learn things about what a lot of the, the ministers are, are supposed to be doing in some of the scriptures. And sometimes we're telling you to go out and witness like, like you're a minister or something. You're really not. You're a minister of reconciliation. But don't try to go and do anything beyond your level of knowledge and understanding. You'll get yourself in trouble real quick. People will put you on the spot. So always do like Jesus. Meet people where they're at. Don't try to go above and beyond. You heard us talk about that the other day when Minister Smith raised a question about what do you, what's the age you deal with children. And so wait until you gain some knowledge and you know what you're talking about. Don't just go running off out there getting into these deep debates and discussions when you don't know what you're talking about. You know, grow and mature into it. That's why you keep coming. So if you if you don't feel that confident and that comfortable about it, not a problem. You got the number. You know where to tell them to go. You know where to tell them to come to. You know, you know, it ain't about no building. It's just a simple phone call, just a simple access code. And they can get the same thing you've been getting. And we may be able to grow together with them, you know. And so Nathaniel said unto him, come see, uh, come. He said, there, uh, any, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Ask Philip and them that question because they're, 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 they're ready to get into a debate here. He said, come and see. You don't have to take my word for it. He ain't going to no discussion. He just said, come and see. So Nathaniel's experience here was a man. He was a man of despair and he was, had a little prejudice going on. We know a lot of that goes on out there right now, especially in Christendom, you know. There are envy, jealousy, all that stuff is inside the, the body of Christ. A man invited to follow Jesus Christ despite his prejudice. Now, y'all check that out. Jesus looked beyond this man, racism, bigotry, hatred, prejudice, and still invited him to come and follow him. That's why the gospel is universal. That's what the revelation people got to get about Jesus. He ain't up in no different, no, no type of religion you know, that's why we non-denominational. Jesus Christ is the living word of God, you know. And we speak the truth, the living word of God, in love without compromise, you know, because he's going to honor his word. And so he looked beyond this and still invited this prejudiced uh, man who was full of despair to come. Uh, verse 47, he says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathaniel's confrontation with Jesus Christ was this. Jesus knew him and his belief in his character. Jesus looked beyond what 
the outside of Nathaniel was about his actions, you know, his, his prejudice, his, his, whatever. Jesus looked beyond those things. And Jesus, I think Pastor Sheridan taught us this the other day, looked beyond where he was at and who he was and saw what he had the potential to be, who he had the potential to become. Isn't that something that God calls you based on the potential that you have to be what he called you to be? Look beyond your faults and see the need. Isn't that amazing? See, this is a revelation people got to get about God. He's the only wise God, our Savior. He looks beyond what he sees, you know, physically. And he sees what he sees potentially spiritually. That's a wise God. See the end of a thing at the beginning. This is revelation that's got to be taught to people in, the, in, 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 you know, in church. So they'll, so they'll understand and they'll fear God because he's all-knowing. And ain't nothing you can hide from him. You know, if, if we start teaching people that God can see your future in your past, he can see your past in your future. See, ain't nothing hidden from God, you know. And, and he says it right here with Nathaniel, man. You know, he knew him. He knew his innermost being. Uh, verse 480 says, and Nathaniel saith unto him, which knoweth thou me? <laughs> Jesus answereth and saith unto him, this revelation unfolded, man, before that Philip called thee when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Jesus Christ knew his innermost being, meaning all things about him. That's a powerful revelation. He knows all things about us, every hair on our head. God already knows it. We can't hide nothing from God. God knows our thoughts so far. He knows everything about us. He knows we ain't nothing but dust. You know, he knows our friends. He even knows our enemies. He knows our president. He knows all these liars and all these other people, these haters, murderers. He knows. You know, and everybody's going to have to answer to him based on what he knows. Verse 49 says this, Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God. Look at that revelation, man. Thou art the king of Israel. Look at another revelation. Nathaniel's conviction was this. Jesus Christ was the son of God and the king of Israel. Bam, the light went off. The light went off. Let's get these other two verses and we're going to be finished with this chapter. I know we're at seven right now, but bear with me. Let me finish this up. Jesus Christ, the son of man, God's mediator, the witness of Jesus Christ himself. So let's see how Jesus closed this out. He done went through Nathaniel, Philip, all of them. They eyewitnesses. They done discovered things. Revelation being revealed to them. So let's see how Jesus concludes this man of talking about himself. Uh, verse uh, 50. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believeth thou? He says, thou shalt see greater things than these. We see the experience of Nathaniel here in these verses, the revelation of God, the one who reveals greater things that, uh, that are already once was and will be or to come. He, this, is, this, is, this is revelation about Jesus you got to get. Can't hide nothing from him. He know everything. Verse 51, he says this. Now, this is Jesus. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He is the mediator, the Son of Man. That's in, in chapter, uh, verse 51 there. And so we see right there the word of God is testifying about Jesus. We saw that as we started. 
Then we got into these witnesses who were right there when John was baptized and they decided to follow Jesus, the Lamb of God. They discovered some things about him. He revealed some things about himself to them. He invited them to come to the pad to sit down, man. They found out Jesus is down to earth, man. He's approachable, man. He's not this anti-Christ type figure, man. He loved them. He wanted to fellowship with them and commune with them. And he even sent them back out to go get their brothers and other family members and friends and I mean, it was just amazing. All this revelation that's revealed to him that they did not know before. He wasn't standoffish. He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't full of pride. Jesus was no liar. You know, Jesus did not come to, the, to, 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 to destroy, but he came, man, to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we see right here, man, all of these witnesses, eyewitnesses, and we see the word of God also witnessing about who Jesus is. All just revealing it all to us right here, the living word of God. A lot of detail about who Jesus is in this particular chapter. Verses 1 through 51, the revelation of Jesus Christ and all the witnesses that witnessed and even the word of God that even added to the testimony about Jesus. And so hopefully you've gotten something out of this chapter here. Uh, the revelation of the witnesses and John himself writing and recording it and giving it all to us, letting us know that the word of God testifies of Jesus Christ's divinity. Uh, you know, we read those scriptures in Luke and, and John and just, you know, as we as we prefaced our message. So we're going to end right here. We'll pick up chapter two starting tomorrow morning. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the eyewitness accounts. We thank you that even now, God, our wisdom and knowledge has been increased about the revelations of Jesus Christ. Your word is testified, Lord God, about your divinity. We have witnesses such as Nathaniel, Philip and others that John was baptized and Andrew. Lord God, and John, Lord God, and we just thank and appreciate you for the word that is now unveiling and revealing to us, even, uh, God, from their point of view, from what they saw, what they witnessed, and they talked about, and they went and shared it with family members. We are praying that even now we will be encouraged, Lord God, and feeling more confident and strong in our witness that we can go to our unsaved family members, friends, co-workers, Lord God, lost, backslidden, Lord God, prodigal sons, daughters, gays, straight, anyone that encounter us, Lord God, we won't have to be anything but who we are, and we share based on the level of knowledge that you have revealed to us, Lord God, and if we don't know what to say, then God, we can invite them to come, Lord God, to, to the same place that we're learning and where we're being led and fed right now. And God, hopefully they'll be able to hear the word of God being taught, and they too will go and invite and encourage someone else. And so we see the process right now. We see the revelation, how it's unfolding, and how simple it is, Lord God. Jesus is very approachable. He's very touchable. He's not standoffish. He's not arrogant. He don't have a wall of bodyguards and people around him, Lord, and he wants people to be invited to him. And so we're praying now that many women will continue to follow us as we follow Christ. And we pray, God, that we will be comfortable in presenting Jesus Christ to others out there that don't know him. And, God, that they will accept the invitation because the Holy Spirit will begin to convict their hearts when we share the good news of the gospel, when we share the love of Christ with them. And so we give you praise, Lord, and honor right now for all that have heard these words this day. And, God, we pray this word will never come back, boy. Let these revelations now continue to speak to your people, Lord God, and be revealed more and more about who you are. In Jesus' name is our prayer this morning. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We, we, we got uh, finished with chapter one. We'll pick up on chapter two starting tomorrow. Amen. This will be posted probably sometime today. You can share this with others. Go back and listen to it yourself. Uh, you know, and don't be afraid to share it. And don't be afraid to invite people to come to the, to, to the line and get it, you know, be a part of this series. Learn something